0: Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing, so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innovabuzz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to InnovaBiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast.
1: value your creativity and to value other people's creativity no matter how big or how small is to recognize that as humans that we have this intrinsic quality and it may not always be really obvious um, and we may not see it in that way but i think it's playing out for each of us every single day and when we feel a bit stale what can we do to spark that find things that can help you kind of move away from the feeling stale about things or that being the Habitual creature and find places and spaces and people that can help spark just a, a, a different way of thinking.
0: Welcome back. I hope your week's been just awesome so far. Now if you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with best-selling author, entrepreneur, writer and keynote speaker, Kedma O. Oh, and with Karan Nijuan the founder of Closed Dream Clients then please do yourself a favor go check them out really wonderful conversations but stay here listen to today's conversation first I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast in fact to welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest Dr Catherine Lloyd she's the founder and director of Maverick Minds Catherine is a facilitator, an educator, a researcher, arts practitioner and creative development coach. She in fact is Australia's first certified creativity coach with the Creativity Coaching Association and she provides effective learning experiences for a wide variety of clients. Catherine previously appeared as our guest on episode 259 of the Innova Buzz podcast where we talked about the intersection between the arts and business. We talked about harnessing creativity and building creative leadership in organisations and communities. Catherine's new book, Seriously Playful Creativity, is an A to Z of ideas to help lighten and expand your view of creativity and leading a creative life. In our conversation today, Catherine talked to me about creativity as an attitude or a mindset. We also talked about putting value on our creativity. And we talked about the power of nature, of quiet and reflection for creativity. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Dr. Catherine Lloyd. (music) Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited today to welcome back to the Innova Buzz podcast all the way from Brisbane, Australia, Dr. Catherine Lloyd, who's the founder of Maverick Minds and she's also author of her new book, Seriously Playful Creativity. Welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Catherine. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest again.
1: Well, Jürgen, it's a real privilege for you to invite me back, I have to say. So thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Now, you previously hit on episode 259. So, if people are interested. Go back and listen to that episode. We talked about the intersection of uh, between arts and business. We talked about harnessing your own creativity and, and building creative leadership in organizations and community. So, that was interesting. Today, we're going to talk a little bit different. We're still talking about creativity, but we're going to explore your book, Seriously Playful Creativity. Um, before we get into all things creativity, what, what's the impact you're making in the world, Kathleen?
1: Oh, what's the impact I'm making in the world? Uh, well, I'd like to think... Well, one of the impacts that I'm making in the world is that I'm actually planting trees. So I do, I do think that that has a positive impact in the world and uh, we need more trees. So I will encourage people to grow more trees. So that's one thing. Um, and I get a lot of joy out of that and a lot of satisfaction. And I do think that sort of links to creativity. So these sorts of things about how I live my life uh, and how I then show up with other people and communicate with other people, I think is the impact that we can all have. So how do we show up each and every day to each and every conversation with the things in our life that you know bring us joy, bring us a sense of well-being um, and that we can share that with others and potentially inspire others or motivate others to, to also do the same.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that. And, and seeing as how we're both in Australia and, um, we've just observed the COP conference in Geneva and Australia not, um, showering themselves with glory there through our useless Prime Minister and I'm, you know, <laughs> Just put it out there now. (laughs) Good on you.
1: (laughs) It's your Um, podcast, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, Talking about all this carbon capture technology that doesn't yet exist. Planting trees is actually a really creative carbon capture um, technology and it's proven it works.
1: Yeah, it's been around a long time. Yeah. we we have lots to learn from nature and of course you know there are the fields of you know biomimicry and biophilia mm. you know that all link in with that and we know that our our well-being is intrinsically linked with the natural world so when the natural world is under pressure and and not um as resilient as it could be that has implications for human beings
0: mm. yeah well i, I noticed a uh, part of your book you talked about biomimicry and i um I straight away resonated with that one because that's something that I've um used in the past in my corporate career on a number of occasions where we observed things in nature and actually figured out how how does that work and how does that how can we apply that particular process to um, what we were working on, which um often gave some really creative outcomes.
1: Yeah, fantastic. you love to hear more about that. So that might have to be another conversation.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about seriously playful creativity. So first of all, why the book and why now?
1: Well, it was created during 2020. uh, So that was a big year for everybody. Um, And, you know, here we were suddenly thrown into this wilderness in a way of and um, uncertainty and the whole kind of VUCA world. And, uh, I, this idea had been bubbling for some time. So I was making notes and, you know, going back and forth to it and you know, hadn't really committed. It was in my mind, but I hadn't really done the hard yards of saying, right, this is it. And of course, all of a sudden we were given time and space in ways that we hadn't, uh, imagined previously. Um, and I thought, I, I'm not going to let this time go to waste. You know, this is the time to actually do something and to create a legacy of that time for me so that I could look back and go, this is what I accomplished, you know, during that time. And, um, and it, you know, I could absorb myself in it. There were no, you know, there weren't a lot of other distractions. Yes, of course, we were all trying to grapple with technology and what we're going to do and all of that. But day after day, you know, we had time where we couldn't go anywhere and do anything Really? apart from this time of i think deep reflection retrospection um and in our homes and, and i thought well i'm not gonna let that go to waste so commit this is the time crack on with it give yourself a deadline and and on with the show so that was a big reason for it being you know coming out at the end of last year
0: mm. all right and and. Um... The title intrigues me as well. You know, you talk about seriously playful. So there's kind of, what do you call it? It's an oxymoron or conundrum there. Um, Mm. Two things contrasting and then creativity, which kind of sits out almost left field from that as well. So tell us how that came about, the the idea of the title.
1: Well, I think it it really does link to that notion of creativity. So, you know, there's, there's the different elements and parts to creativity which is you know where we have our um, absolute spontaneous expression around that uh, you know that it's not controlled that it you know uh, appears at, you know all, in all sorts of um, ways um, unexpectedly um, that we may not even see it as creativity in that moment in time uh, but it's there and so it's it's and and, and it suddenly pops up and it's and it is playful there is something that just suddenly you know it's it it's just arrived and you realize intuitively that there's something playful in what you are doing or the interaction that you're having or the the, your imaginational thoughts that you're having and this sort of creative expression and then there's the other part to creativity which is where we can actually be very intentional about creativity and really start to Think about it in our life in a much more intentional way, and certainly think about it um, in our work um, and and how we want to to use it to more effect in many respects. So we can become a little bit more serious with it in terms of how we work with it more intentionally. So I wanted to kind of put these two ideas together about that creativity is not necessarily or you know a free for all, um, although it can be, um, but it. And it can also be very, um, focused, uh, deliberate. You can create an environment for it to happen. And I think in some respects that we do need to have those different environments where there is that, that spontaneity that can happen and also that it can be cultivated and you can create the situation or the environments in which it can happen as well. And that, and that, you know, that our creativity is is within us and, and should be also taken seriously. It's not just a frivolous yeah. thing too. That yes, it exists within us, and we need to value it and 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 share it and nurture it and grow it individually and collectively. Actually,
0: hmm. well, one one of the points you make is that humans are intrinsically creative, and we often believe otherwise. So I know um in the context of say painting or drawing i will often say that i am the world's worst drawer or the world's worst painter and that's probably true because but uh, some people take that and say i don't have a creative bone in my body because i can't draw or i can't paint and yet creativity could be a whole lot of different things that doesn't mean to say i have to be um vincent van gogh to be creative right Uh, So tell us a little bit about um, what you found, why people kind of believe that they're not creative or they're less creative than somebody else that might have this artistic flair.
1: Mm, Well, I think it is partly to do with that artistic flair. So, you know, the creativity has been uh, consumed or uh, taken by i guess the the arts you know um as a way of being creative and it's it, it's one of those easy relationships that can be made between those two things so people will look at people who can draw and people who can paint probably play music right all of those creative arts would be the things that we would probably immediately think that's creative work mm-hmm. uh and it is, absolutely. It is creative work. It is creative expression. And, you know, we are all in awe of, you know, some of the incredible, um, artworks, pieces of music, images, um, you know, visual, you know, um, theatre, you name it, film, um, that, that we see. And somehow it speaks to us. It, it, it speaks to our humanity. Um, so, so we resonate with it. And so therefore, we, we recognize it in, in some way that it is, um, it is created and, and speaking to our, our humanity, which I think we all then recognize and go, wow, that, that's something else. That's something that stirs me, affects me in, in mm-hmm. some way. And therefore, we have a response to it. And for people who don't necessarily do that, they might say, "But so, because I can't do that, therefore I'm not creative. however, of course, we know that creativity is a much bigger picture than that, and that as human beings, we are problem solving all the time hmm. um, that in itself is is a creative way of being um, and and of course, you know we can become creatures of habit as well and and not you know sort of explore or I will be prepared to um, take some risks and, you know, that sort of thing. So we end up kind of in this little bubble of, well, I don't paint and draw, I don't do those art-based things, and therefore I don't see myself as creative. But here people are over there solving all sorts of problems and doing all sorts of other things and may not be thinking about themselves as being creative people. I do think that is changing a little bit. I think as, as our world broadens, people are starting to kind of look at creativity in a much broader way. Mm. I think this is a – I'm starting to think in some respects, although I still hear it, you know, I still hear many people say I'm not creative because I don't paint or draw and do all of those arty things, and it immediately you know, the arty, the arty mm. thing. Um, and I also think that, you know, with the, the, um, the creative industries, which is a quite a broad sort of uh, professional – area of work i think that has also broadened how we think about creativity as well you know the you know journalism comes into creative industries Mm. and marketing comes into creative industries and and all of those other sort of some of those fields come into it so there's a much broader view i think of the creative industries and therefore how we might all then start to perceive what creativity is and therefore what it means for us individually so the more that we can recognize that we're not all going to be amazing artists but we can actually hone our creative life and our creative ways of being uh in different sorts of ways you know we talked about gardening just before look at the gardens i mean and i'm a bit of a gardening australia fan hello Mm -hmm. gardening australia um and you look at some of the things that people do you know in Mm. their gardens and they are just awe-inspiring So, again, nature as an inspiration and then how people do that. Cooking, you know, the amazing, Mm. you know, chefs, cooks of the world who do remarkable things. And I look at that and I'm a pretty good cook, but I'm not a fancy cook. And then so you look at some of the, you know, amazing creations that chefs and great cooks do and you go, wow, Mm. you know, that's really amazing stuff. So we can all be inspired By different aspects, and I think that's the joy of it all is that there's all sorts of ways to be creative, and the more that we kind of see it as a a very broad way of being in the world, we're probably all going to have a much better time. (laughs)
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, one one of the things that brings to mind for me is that you know, I heard somebody say recently the world doesn't need more resources, it needs more resourcefulness, and you Mm talked about we're all pretty good problem solvers so we all are resourceful in very many ways and usually that's creativity one of the things that i think is we and i do this all the time we take for granted some of the things that somehow we figured out we've become resourceful over and that might be you know the the meals we prepare the um the bread we bake the garden we tend to or something that we do like, I have this experience every now and then where somebody's watching me do something on the computer and they say, Oh, how did you do that? Oh, that is amazing. You know, and I, I do what do you mean? What was, what was it that you saw? Yeah. <laughs> it was, exactly. like a, it's kind of a habit that I just do that. And so we take things for granted that are actually um, have huge value for other people because they see them as creative. So, how do we um, kind of get in touch with, more our own intuition and kind of learn those things that have value to other people so that we can actually share.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you've used the word value, so um, and, and I think that's a really important aspect, is how do we value the unique contribution that each person makes in the world? And each person does make a very unique contribution because we are individuals. And I'm not talking about being an individualistic society. You know, I'm not Mm. talking about that per se. But I am talking about that each of us has has qualities um, that no one else is going to have for, you know, all the reasons of, you know, we're born into the world. You know, we have experiences, interactions, they inform us. uh, You know, we then, you know, process that and then out it comes in in different sorts of ways so i think it is that valuing the unique contribution that everybody has to make and i think this is where you know society businesses and organizations really do need to um t- to do more of this is to and I, and again i think this is starting to happen with the notion of diversity is that the more diverse um your you know, the people around you, you know, potentially the more creative solutions your organisation is, is is going to be able to um, to deliver in many respects because everyone's going to bring that unique way of perceiving things, their unique contribution, but we also need to feel safe enough to be able to share some of those things. And so it is that Self value that I value what I bring and having the confidence to actually show that to the world and share that with people. And then in doing that, have a sense of, well, how will I be perceived? Will people value me? And this is tricky because they may not necessarily. You know, not everything gets noticed and not everybody gets noticed, and certain things do and certain things don't, and certain people do and certain people don't. And yet, we shouldn't let that stop us from also honouring what is a unique contribution that each of us will bring. And the more that we can tap into that, again, of um, recognising certain skills that we all acquire and then being able to hone those skills and share those skills, then, you know, we grow the confidence around being able to work with that more, I guess, um, in a more nuanced way and, you know, in a more effective way um, and a more, you know, and, and continue to sort of that creativity gets sort of nurtured uh, in, in in different sorts of ways. So I do think it's about valuing and it's the small stuff. It's not necessarily big. So, mm. again, one of the things that we often do is we see the big things out there and it's the big innovation or it's the big name. or And, and so everyone goes, oh, that's what, it you know, it is instead of, um, seeing the small um, little creative acts that are happening all the time around us, you know, with your colleagues in terms of, i.e., you, Jurgen, you know, doing that thing on the computer and people going, Oh, wow, how did you do that? I don't, mm. Can you show me how to do that? Or, yeah, so it's actually really valuing that with everybody and giving space and time for that.
2: Mm.
0: And, and one of the things you point out in, in the book, and I think this. Plays into this is creativity as an attitude or a mindset. Which, um, you know, the the idea what you've just been talking about is little things compound, and consistency is really important. So having that mindset um, is really important.
1: Yeah, it really is, and it can be eroded pretty quickly. That's the other thing. So it does um, requires us to be in a way, vigilant with it because we can easily, again, you know, if if we're not, you know, if our ideas aren't being picked up or we do something and we don't get the response that we thought we might or um, things haven't, you know, expectations, so things haven't, you know, moved as quickly or whatever, we might disregard or dismiss that in in some way rather than going, well, there's, you know, there is something in here and I'm going to explore it more. And that's where some of the ideas in the book, you know, things around like, you know curiosity or risk Hmm. being bold you know come into play because sometimes we we really have to be that warrior you know and go out there with our creative ideas and and actually let the world know about them even though it may seem like no one's listening (laughs) or, or or care that much but you know otherwise then you know we might be a little you know thing under a rock hiding away with our ideas and it's a real shame because that idea actually could be could have real value, maybe not immediately, but you know somewhere down the road. But even if it doesn't, it's it, it's an expression of you that if we lose that ability to to come forward with our creative parts of ourselves in our lives, I think we you talked about resourcefulness. Then I think we're kind of diminishing that sense of resourcefulness that we have. It's interesting you should use that word because I had supervision recently for the coaching work that I do and, you know, I've been working with a team and, you know, it was good to sort of reflect on where I was with that team and my my supervisor talked to me about being resourceful, you know, Mm -hmm. about what do we have within us to be able to, at that point in time, working with others to be able to have the range of ways of, being and working that we can draw on and know that we have that available to us at points in time um, when when we need them
0: yeah yeah and it's interesting because you just reminded me and i don't remember the exact context but i i think i was on a podcast when uh, we were having a conversation about something and and the guest's dog started barking was actually got into the room that they were recording and started barking and they were about to oh you know i'm sorry i've messed it up and i straight away just said oh the dog wants to get in on the conversation as well what have you got to say to this you know, and and it was kind of like everybody um you know we had a great laugh over that and i left that in or i told the team leave that in there yes it kind of adds character but you know to me that's that's kind of being resourceful because whatever comes up, you use it in, in some ways that just adds a bit of humour or engagement to, the, I to what you so.
1: think. Absolutely. And I think it feeds into the title of the book about it's Seriously Playful. You know, yeah. like, you know, we can take things far too seriously, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: you know, on a day to day basis as ourselves, take ourselves far too seriously. And then, you know, our society has kind of created this very, at times, very serious way of, you know, that. We need to do things, and yet in many respects, you know, the we know that play is a big part of 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 um, learning um, as children. That's mm. that's how we learn, um, and that a lot of entrepreneurs and very successful people do understand the. Um, the benefit of, of actually playing in, in what it is that they do, you know, that they are prepared to play and experiment. So I guess I'd put those mm. sorts of terms together too, that experimentation mm. is part of it, to, to play, have a, you know, play with that. And look, if it doesn't work, it's okay. But again, in organisational life, often, you know, it has to be right and, you know, right the first time and we need quick solutions and so we stop. Exploring or experimenting, because you know where everyone's so busy, and we need to get on with things. And and I think, as a result, probably a lot of really good solutions um and even you know quality of conversation and relationships end up being diminished as a result.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I love the love the idea of experiment. I've um, started using that much more because it appeals to my scientific background too. So you know when when i was active in science it was make a make a um proposition or a hypothesis and, and then develop some experiments to test that hypothesis and if you are wrong if the hypothesis didn't pan out then that's fine you know you've mm. just learned something and you then design another experiment you refine the hypothesis design another experiment and keep going so to me know i've started using that idea of experiment a lot more and and also to just you know using the language but also to change my own mindset about okay this is i'm conscious this is going to be an experiment it might not turn out the way i'm hypothesizing right now but i'm going to do the experiment and i'm curious to find out how it works out
1: yeah absolutely and you've just used all of those words i've (laughs) got to hypothesize i'm going to experiment i'm curious yeah. to see how this will be. And that is part of the creative process. That is part of being creative is to actually kind of step ourselves through those sorts of things in many respects. And, yeah, I think experimenting is a really – and, again, that's that's something that's really emerged a lot, you know, as I've been sort of coaching and particularly in team coaching is to, you know, try, you know, have these little experiments and at some mm. sort of hypothesis about what might be going on and to be able to share that. And, and, and explore that. And it may or may not be correct. Um, but, you know, if we've got these underlying assumptions going on, then, then potentially, if we don't kind of put forward the hypothesis, hypothesis and then experiment with that, then we may, then, you know, potentially, again, we're not necessarily giving ourselves the best options for what, what might come next.
2: Hmm.
0: Hmm. And part of it is, letting go of the need to be right though isn't it Um, which I think that gets in the way of a lot of things
1: oh yeah well you know where does that come from Uh, (laughs) schools families goodness knows the society in which we live in where you know we can't be seen to be making mistakes or we you know we've got to have it right Um, you, you know we can't have our opinions maybe challenged or questioned or whatever so I think the notion of inquiry and curiosity is a huge part of what it means to be um, open to to being to to having sort of more creativity in your life.
2: Mm.
0: One of the things you talk about quite a bit in the book is creativity by intent and by design um, and yeah you know, I think there's this misconception about creativity or innovation that many people have, that, you know, you're sort of daydreaming and there's this flash of inspiration that comes down, I don't know, from the universe or something, and you have this brilliant idea and then you implement the idea and that's innovation. And yet, most of the time, it's quite the opposite. It's kind of designed um, ideas and, and curiosity and testing and experimentation, as we've been talking about. But talk to us a little bit more about this idea of, you know, the flash of inspiration, to call it that, um, versus this creativity by intent.
1: Mm. One of my favourite quotes is by Picasso, and he says, when inspiration arrives, I wanted to find me working. (laughs) And I just, I love that because I think it really speaks to that idea that, you know, if if we're lucky, an idea might pop into mm. our mind um, but often it's things things actually come to to us or to fruition or we have those moments of aha or you know the ability to be able to act on something because we've been doing some work around it mm. um, you know we've been sitting with it we've been um, mulling it over we've been tinkering at the edges with it um, maybe we've actually dived in deep and, and kind of gone, oh, I have no idea where this is going at the moment and I just can't find my way through or around right now. I'm just going to leave it. And then, of course, people will often say things like, you know, I'll go out for a walk or run or swim, you know, and an idea comes or, 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 or the solution to or the, the way through, hmm. you know, appears. Um Or, you know, you sleep, have a good night's sleep. You know, the ideas you know in your mind uh, and you wake up in the morning and things have shifted and changed so you know again you know the the mystery I would say in some respects of what it means to be human and how we process things that are going on is part of the part of the delight of it all too you know that you can't necessarily say I want to have an aha moment by <laughs> 11 a.m. today yeah. um, because you know that's what I need and great fantastic and if you're lucky well it might come if you've been doing some of the hard yards but if if there's no I think if there's no back work there it's, it's mm. probably unlikely um, that 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 will actually happen so you know going back to the book and you saying you know what brought you to sort of writing the book in many respects the work that I had been doing for that couple of years prior to last year of all those little sketches, all those little notebooks that I had, things that I'd been writing, ideas that I had, all all the drawings that are in there are my drawings and I'd been playing around with those little drawings over time. And so when I had this space and time, I actually had a whole collection of work that I could look at and go, right, now you need to... To work with this so if you think about that idea of you know the divergent and the convergent in some respects you know with creativity so we you know we we want to do something we have an idea so we'll go off and explore it widely um, go on that journey gather information do the exploration uh, and then we have to come back at some point in time and start to make decisions around that that which we That what we found, and start to say, well, how do I want to put this together? What do I need to leave out? What do I need to bring in? What's missing here? So it it is it is a process, and then all of a sudden, sometimes it is that little flash of inspiration, and it's such a delight. But it's also probably because there's been a lot of work put into that.
0: There's a lot of stuff going on unconsciously that suddenly suddenly pops up, which is you know the times where. That's likely to pop up is the time when your mind's focused on other things like sleeping, like exercise, so, and you. Yeah, and
1: sometimes. Well, when we're more off, sometimes when we're more relaxed, hmm. you know that you know the, the 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 brain, and I know when I'm swimming actually, like I'll get in the pool and I'll be up and down for a while and everything will be jumble 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 jumble, and then all of a sudden, then I'll feel this kind of space start to enter, where I where I feel like I'm transitioning into another way of my mind being able to just expand a little bit more rather than gnashing over things Mm. maybe or whatever might be going on
2: Mm.
0: yeah i can certainly relate to that often when i'm out cycling and i have been doing a lot of cycling on my own Mm. in this pandemic when we've had lockdowns and restrictions on how many people we can yeah together with and and there's almost always it's almost a guaranteed recipe recipe for me to um, come up with some ideas and you know it's it's not necessarily an idea of something that I'm working on and I need an idea right now it might be something totally different but I know I'll probably come back with a bunch of ideas because I get into that zone where yes I'm just relaxed and I'm focused on enjoying the countryside I might be observing nature I'm, I'm certainly paying attention to where I'm riding and then you know, unconsciously stuff bubbles up.
1: Mm, and I think that I think that that's right. I think ex, well exercise I do think is a is, is really good for helping us to process. Um and getting outdoors with nature is is a big part of that and then I think there's that that twofold again about being intentional and and allowing things and to let go so we can have the focus you know while we're maybe swimming or cycling or walking you know I want to think about this in quite a deliberate way Hmm. and then to let go you know those moments of you know, real kind of intentional focus around. I've got this thing I'm working on. Or I'd like to try and think of it differently, whatever the case might be. I'm going to give it some real attention, and then you let it go, and and then open up the space for what what can emerge.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Now you have a checklist for creativity in the book, and I don't. <laughs> one of the things that straight away occurred to me because we. We in the corporate world, I, I led this team that developed a process that was a basically a product development process that took from generating ideas right through to commercializing the product. And one of the big barriers that we had were the people in the research division who came up with the ideas who said, you know, the process and checklists is going to be restrictive. So immediately, I saw a checklist for creativity, and I thought, oh they 'd have a field day with shooting that one down, so tell us a little bit more how do, how does a checklist help us actually be more creative and free us up to be more um, resourceful yeah
1: mm. well if you if you actually sort of take a look at that creativity checklist as well, it does invite you you know like what what what, what might you like to be creative for what might you like to use your creativity for where would you like to focus your creativity so that checklist actually gives you areas that you might think well you know yes I'd like to think about how I could make a positive contribution to the world you know how might I go about doing that what would be the things that I could start to do so it actually was meant to be a sort of a uh people might not think about where they might be able to utilise their creativity. So it was more about here are some of the things that you might want to think about your creativity. As you start exploring some of these ideas to spark your interest, what comes for you? And then to be able to then go off and have conversations with other people around what, what do other people think about their creativity or what do other people use their creativity for? Where do you focus your creative energy what would be the places and spaces in which you might do that as well. So it's not a, you know, do this, do that, do that, mm. do that, <laughs> um, you know, because I don't think that's necessarily um, the way to do it. Although it, the book does refer to um, Roger von Erck, who talks about having those um, those personas in a way, about, right. you know, being the artist, the explorer, uh, the, explorer the 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 judge, um, and the warrior. And I think, you know, they're really good sort of um, mindsets to actually have as we start working through, you know, the creative process to, in, in terms of what it is that we're endeavouring to do. So we can start to wear different hats and say, well, what would it be like, you know, to be the explorer out there discovering? And that's, and you might just want to keep on discovering, 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 discovering. But what do you want to do with it? So at some point in time, if you want to put that into action, and make decisions. You then got to come back to another way of being, which is another part of the creative process. And I don't think it's—I don't think these things are not creative. You know, just because you start critiquing mm. and judging things is not—if that's not not creative. That's a creative part in and of itself. Is to be able to critique and and make judgments around things and say that idea right now. I, no. Mm. that's not it's not the idea to run with this idea is and understanding why that's the case and then being able to put more creative energy into that Mm. rather than that or you might be you know going like i don't care i think this is a great idea i'm going for it regardless and (laughs) i'll prove everybody wrong
2: Mm.
0: yeah well that i mean the thing about those um, archetypes and ways of being i think they're really powerful also in teams where yeah, you know, the typical unstructured meeting might go like, Oh, I've got a great idea and then somebody else will say, Oh, that's rubbish you know, and, and then it never goes anywhere. Whereas if you can align everybody, okay, now we're going to do the um, we're going to be the explorer. So we're gonna start collecting these ideas. So if I say, Here's a great idea, um, everybody else has got to either enhance that idea or present an alternative idea rather than say what's wrong with the idea. And then, at some later stage, then we move on to the to the critique critique of the ideas and then then we're allowed to say, "Well, you know what's wrong with that idea is this and that
1: Yes, well, I mean, the classic one around that too was de bono's yeah, thinking yeah. hats, you mm. know is that sort of process of being able to put a lens over something, and I think those structures going back to that idea about being intentional with creativity and being sort of spontaneous is that we can mm. create those sort of structures if you think about improvisation you know Mm. you know the world of improvisation actually has some guiding principles around it that allow you to move in and out of freedom and structure um you know the notion of of the yes and rather than yes but um of you know making your partner look good you know there are some you know underlying principles that that it's not just a free-for-all and i would say that most if we go back to the idea of most great artists, um, creators, that they would have principles for how they go about their creative process. You hear this time and time again about um, the habits that creative people create for themselves. In terms of writers, will write every day. You know they start at you know this time and go to that time. Um, you know they'll, they'll work between these hours. They'll go for a walk and then they'll come back. So I think having those structures really do help to uh, craft our creativity and to give attention to it rather than also just letting it maybe spontaneously arrive but actually if it's not nurtured you know we may not actually identify it when it arrives anyway um, or or lack the the discipline or the confidence to maybe drive it and 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 kind of go well okay here it is and I'm going to nurture this um, some more.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. One of the things I'm curious about too, and I think you talked a little bit about um, self-trust in the book. Um, It's about trusting your own intuition when you're doing something that might be creative creative, or you've got ideas and we tend sometimes to self-dismiss them when there is some value to them, or just in the way we do things. I was having a conversation with someone recently and and this guy teaches photography. And so he was talking to me about the rule of thirds and um, the various, I think he said he had about 130 compositional techniques that he uses. And I said, "I, I don't ever remember doing rule of thirds in any of my photos. And yet if I go back and look at them, and when I do crop, when I crop photos or something, I realize that it is rule of thirds. That's just the way I do it. I see it's kind of intuitive. And I've been photographing for so long that I don't even think about it, and I'm I'm not worried about it. But sometimes we do things like that, and we say, oh, I'm I'm not applying that, so I must be doing it wrong, and yet, The intuition is actually taking care of it. So, how do we be more trusting of our intuition when, if we're uncertain about something like that?
1: Mm, It's a really interesting question, isn't it? And about intuition, and there's there's a lot written about intuition, and you know, conversations around that, you know, from probably very far out into you know, intuition stuff, right through to much more, um, really understanding that humans do have, we have intuition. It is Mm. part of who we are. Um, I, I, I often think about the story I heard about the firefighter, I think, who went into a house that was sort of burning and he was standing in the middle of this house and kind of going, what is going on? And sort of like this chaos. And then whatever it was in his understanding, his knowledge that he gained over the years, his experience, he he realised that the floor that he was standing in and he may have had some colleagues with him was about to collapse hmm. and he told everybody to get out. He said, just get out now. And so they all rushed out and that floor actually did collapse. I think it was the heat that he had felt coming through. There were things. Hmm. So I think that, you know, we we are reading and observing the world all the time and making sense of it that so often that is, again, that unconscious way of being, but we're, we're taking it in. And if something interests us, so if you're, you know, if you're taking photographs and you're a photographer, then over time you're, you've been drawn into the world of photography, so there is probably things that you're absorbing, you know, that, what is it, that tacit knowledge, mm. you know, that we have um, that we start to apply to the things that we start to enjoy doing and we don't we're not even aware. And I see this so often in, in so many aspects of life, not just around sort of like the creativity, but in all sorts of things where, you know, when people start to kind of hear about a theory or a model or a concept, they'll go, Oh, oh, I do that already. Yeah. Um, but they hadn't appreciated it that there was actually some language around that or there's a that, that actually there is a concept around that, hmm. you know, things like adult learning. There are theories and principles around adult learning and people will say, oh, just do that or I just apply that or whatever hmm. the case might be. And then once people actually have some of that information, they can again be more intentional and go, oh, now that I know that, what will I do with that and, and sort of recreate or create a new, you know, knowing I've, I've got this new knowledge sometimes though those things can get in the way too you know and all of a sudden it's like all the things that we've been doing intuitively and breaking the rules because we didn't know there were any rules in a way to a certain degree or just doing stuff and then all of a sudden we've got this knowledge and going oh I don't know oh, I, am I doing it right now am I and it, and it can get in the way of that spontaneity or that intuitive work that we've actually been doing so I think it can be I think kind of having knowledge can be friend or foe <laughs> yes, right. depending yeah. on which way we allow how we allow it to influence what it is that we're doing
2: mm.
0: yeah i think i i like to think of it i mean using the photography example i break the rules a lot I mean, there's some some rules i know you know these are ph- photographic rules or something and i see something and i think that will make a really great photo and then i realize i'm, I'm actually doing something that most Traditional photographers would say that's breaking the rule of thirds, or it's breaking this rule, or you know, I I will take a photograph straight into the sun, um, which is generally regarded as a no-no. But I do it in a way that you know, if I if I'm good, if I get a good result out of it, if I do it well enough, um, the lighting is right and everything, I I get a great effect because I'm looking for an effect that I saw, and um, I think that's the. That's the bit where you know, some of these things are guidelines, not rules that can never be broken.
1: Oh, absolutely. And look, really, at the end of the day, does it really matter? <laughs> yeah it's not life or death you know it might like if you're doing surgery and you start to get a bit creative and kind of go i think i might do it this way um and or the or the you know the classic you know the the pilot in the plane go oh i might just go and get a bit creative about how i might land this plane at the moment which could end up in a disaster it's actually all about what's what's the context in which we're in Hmm. and so you know in many situations i think we can be far more playful and And going back to experimental Mm. around things, because what's what's there to be lost and what's there to be gained as a result of allowing ourselves to actually step into that kind of more risky, playful, Mm. um, experimental Mm. way of working and try give it a try. Oh, normally we might not do it this way, you know, in organization. Or it's always done this way. Well, what about if we tried doing it Mm. another way? What might be the result? you know, might things be better as a result? They might be a little bit more difficult to begin with because, again, we're creatures of habit, so Mm. we get used to doing things in a particular way, but doesn't necessarily make it the right way. And there's multiple ways of doing things in all sorts of contexts. But, yes, certain things might require us to make that incision line in that particular way. That's a good thing. Don't get too creative at this point in time.
0: (laughs) Yeah yeah it comes back to experimentation right it's um it's always good unless you're flying a plane or doing surgery so,
1: but you know even in those contexts, if you think about it, there are times mm. where you know um even in those situations, creativity will need to come to, to come to the fore. you think about the pilots that have had to land planes in really. Oh, yeah unusual circumstances, the guy who landed on the Hudson River. That's right. You know, yeah. I mean, really, you know, right then, if he'd applied all the things of what you should do, mm. he, he probably wouldn't have done what he was able to do. But he had a lot of experience and mm. a lot of knowledge that he could probably draw on. So there's that resourcefulness again um, and probably the confidence to think, I reckon I, I reckon I can do this. Mm. I think I can do this, even though it's going to break all the rules. Yeah. Um, I think this is the way to go. So if we get stuck in rules, that can also be detrimental when, in fact, right now we need to experiment. Do you know that that that's very much that whole sort of canivan complexity framework as well, which is, you know, when things are very simple, there's, you know, the tried and true method of doing things right. So when things are chaotic, you know, you really just need to act and do something and see what happens as a result. Mm. And a lot of the time we're living in this kind of, space in between things and so we need to recognize where we are you know and what what's what do we need to do right now in order to get the best possible outcome or solution or you know you know that's what's best for you know this particular group of people at this point in time
2: Hmm.
0: yeah love it all right well you know we don't want to take away too much from the book and encouraging people to read the book so i think we we'll, who want people we'll
2: to read the book
0: wrap wrap up our creativity conversation now and move on to the buzz which is our innovation round now you have done this once already i didn't I check your answers from the last time no so I'll, no I'll let, you, let you go ahead and give us some fresh answers or maybe they'll be the same answers no i can't yeah.
2: even remember right now
0: yeah so it's the same five questions, and um, the idea is that will inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result today.
1: Okay. Well, go, be awesome and go and buy my book. That would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That would be a really awesome yeah. thing to do.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that might answer the first question. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Go and buy my book. <laughs> Get a book.
1: copy of my yeah. <laughs> book. Seriously, Playful Creativity. They can find it. I'll, go to, I'll do the plug right now. You can find it on my website, which is maverickminds.com.au. Um and look, if anybody comes through this podcast, I would be willing to have a half hour coaching session with people. So if if I find out and know that you've come through this um Jurgens and Overbiz podcast to purchase the book, let me know and um I'm happy to have a you know a, a coaching conversation around creativity um and let's see where we can go with that. So absolutely that oh, would be a great thing. Well
0: really they're generous, thanks. All right, now the best thing you've done to develop new ideas.
1: my book (laughs) spend time sort of creating you know working on a book I think it um and also too I think it's um I think it's some of the things that we you know we're talking about you know taking yourself off doing some work exploring experimenting um going off and um just letting go and, and not kind of gnashing things over too much and I think the other thing is it's great to be able to um work with other people too so you know some collaborative time with people I am part of a community of practice and um, I find that a really valuable place to be able to share ideas and learn and I think you know all of these sorts of things you know your podcast Jürgen you know it's this is where you can learn and and in the asking of the questions or the sharing of knowledge you know that exchange I think I think there's that space between isn't there where Mm. things emerge
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, the podcast for me has been amazing. So many different experts that I've had on oh, that yeah. I've learned all kinds of things. And amazing. It's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Do you have a favorite resource you use in your work?
1: I'm a mind mapper. Mm-hmm. So I do do a lot of mind mapping. Um, and I'll just, you know, use pen and paper to do that. Um, you know, or whiteboard. Um, I do like sticky notes and moving sticky notes around and things like that. Um, I'm a visual person, so I'll often use images as a way of um, working through um, ideas as well. Um, and uh, ask me the question again. I think it's... Yeah, yeah.
0: Favourite, yeah favourite resource that you use in your work?
1: Um, And reading.
2: Reading. You know,
1: yeah, yeah reading around things, listening to, mm. you know, great people talking about interesting things.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a mind mapper. I've been mind mapping for, oh gosh, 30 years. Um, but I still haven't mastered the idea of doing mind maps that are just drawing and sketches. As I say, I'm, you know, my stick figures are unrecognisable. <laughs> so.
1: so that's an interesting one because you could, you know, with your photography, you could mm. mind map with your photography.
0: I have done that, yeah which would be quite mm.
1: sort of interesting or you know that kind of collection of images that you see that inspire you mm. um, to then use those as a way of thinking through things and then being able to add to that you know with your own sort of little sketches and visuals. If I can just tell you a little story, when I was um, finishing off my doctorate I I did a postgraduate certificate in research commercialisation and one of the topics was about career development which I have to say I didn't really want to do but um, I didn't have a lot of choice and so I thought how do I make this interesting because they often feel incredibly dry to me and I looked at all the templates and it was like oh they're so boring and so I thought what can I do and I thought I'm going to mind map it so I did all this mind mapping around and visual sort of drawings and mind maps around sort of like, you know, my personal life, my professional life, and all the aspects of that. And then wrote about mind mapping as my technique, um, for why I had chosen mind mapping for my career development plan. Mm. And I have to say, I, I had a very, very good response to, to that. Um, I got a high distinction. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy about that. And the, and the person who, um, Assessed it, said they, you know, they said, wow, you know, like, wasn't expecting this at all. Hmm. And it was great to see it sort of coming through. She said, I was wondering why things were taking a long time to download. And all of a sudden, all these little mind maps and visuals yeah. were sort of coming through. So, yeah, it, um, I think it's useful at various times.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: So, I, I, I've, um, my son left home, oh gosh, close to 15 years ago. And we still haven't completely cleaned out the stuff out of his um closet and <laughs> um the other day I was cleaning out some stuff, and I found some mind maps that he'd done, so I got both our kids into mind mapping very early on. I found some mind maps he'd done he'd mind mapped his entire um year twelve international baccalaureate chemistry course, oh wow, on, on one A5 a fi a A five, yeah, the bigger. Oh, A three. Oh, A three, A three, yeah, one A three sheet, and I thought, wow, that's really neat.
1: Oh, fantastic! And does he still mind map? Do you know?
0: I'm not sure.
1: You have to get him on an interview, (laughs) (laughs) even. You could show him his mind map and say, right, from there to there. Yeah, yeah. How's life?
0: Explain this one to us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have. Um, yeah, he was still in Australia then, so that was still ten years ago. I did. Um, pick him up from work one day and he was in a meeting. and I walked in on the meeting and he was running the meeting and there was a, he'd drawn a mind map on the board. So he, he said he was still doing it then.
1: Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, ask him.
0: I will. If he's listening to this, I'll <laughs> tell him, hey, tell me whether you still mind mapping. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. All right. Um, where are we? Oh, the best way to keep a client on track.
1: Yes, I think recently, because I've been exploring and going into the world of team coaching, that to me is really becoming the way that I think you can help keep a team on track. And so the process of team coaching and having some principles around that, some guiding principles, and also allowing the team to explore and, you know, Travel where they need to travel, but also keep bringing them back to, you know, if you started with this, is this something that you still want to continue with? So you're kind of like observing and helping them to just get on the balcony Hmm. um, and and see what's sort of going on. So that's one of the terminologies that I really kind of like working with. is It comes from the adaptive leadership stuff around, you know, getting on the balcony and having a good old look around, and then being on the dance floor when you kind of right in the middle of it and doing it so teams will often be you know on the dance floor and they really need time to get on the balcony Mm. um, and have a look around and see sort of what's going on so I think the team coaching is a really valuable way of working that if a team is prepared to allow itself to go into that space of reflection and curiosity with and even thinking that you may not know exactly where you're going right at the beginning but the coaching and the, the the opportunity to come together as a team in that space of inquiry will enable you to get to where you need to go.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love love the concept of you know taking that higher view, getting up on the balcony. Mm, the it's a good one, isn't it? Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right. And what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate
2: themselves?
1: Well, I think this is something that I've heard. From different people at different times and it's probably something you know that i think we all really do need to value is that which is of ourself and and really understanding that and it's interesting actually because i've just started um i've just got into a coaching course where i'm having a coach and i haven't had that opportunity for a while so i'm really looking forward to spending some time being in that in that situation myself and to be able to have some of my own reflective time with with a coach and they asked me about, you know, my values and, and I said, look, I haven't, you know, I know, I guess I have them, but I haven't done any kind of proper values work myself for a little while. And so she said, would you like to explore that? So I went off and did the the, the values course, uh, the program, the whatever institute is Values Institute. And it was really interesting getting that report back because it kind of highlighted those those values for me. My number one is about beauty and excellence. And so, you know, and then there's curiosity in there and there's learning and creativity sort of there. They give you the sort of top six to nine. And I think those sorts of things is when we actually do understand the things that we value, you know, that helps us to actually then hone or present ourselves from that, from that way of being in the world. Um, that is going to be different from somebody else and at the end of the day we can twist and turn ourselves inside out for everybody else you know and y- y- it comes to a point you just have to go you know this is what I am <laughs> this is yeah. what I do and I'm prepared to sh- you know change and do things but also there's some intrinsic things that is there value in the way that I work and see things and do things that is going to be a value too the client and and what's that relationship that we can together develop um, to take us on that journey together
2: yeah
0: yeah I, I love those values exercises I mean I've done quite a few of those with clients as well um, in an interactive way and I think the one of the things I've learnt in hindsight when when I kind of finished up my corporate career and I reflect back on that now I realize that the environment I was in had changed to the point where it wasn't in alignment with my values. And I just yeah. didn't recognise that at the time. I just knew I was unhappy and I didn't mm. work. Even which to me was a surprise because for twenty seven, twenty eight years I really enjoyed the work I was doing and I just didn't recognise that a few subtle changes had actually changed the environment such that my values or it was no longer aligned with my values and um, when i started doing a lot of work on my own values and understanding those and understanding how they changed over time as well i thought ah that makes a lot of sense now so knowing knowing your values really gives you a lot of insight into where you feel most at home and where you know who who you be most aligned with, Um, really, it's a great exercise, yeah.
1: I think so, and I think what it does do, and and, and at the end of the day too, it's like at the end of the day we we do get preferences for things, and, Mm. and that's okay. You know, we have a preference for how we work or, you know, preference for what we wear, what we eat, you know, all of those sorts of things, we start to have preferences. That doesn't mean we can't do other things, but over time we probably are drawn to those things, and so probably, and I think it's about... Where do we find joy and meaning and a sense of purpose? And then that's probably the place in which we start to then kind of cultivate what can I do in this space? That's that's really going to be of value not only to myself but the people around me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz. Now, um, this has been fabulous weekend, people. So you talked, told us where the book is. Tell us again. And also, how can people get in touch with you? And so thanks for what you shared today.
1: Oh, I'd love people to get in touch. They can find me on LinkedIn. So I'm there, uh, Dr. Catherine Lloyd. I also have a Maverick Minds LinkedIn page, so they can find it there. There's my website, as I said, maverickminds.com.au. Um, I'm on Instagram, maverickminds one um, Twitter from time to time. So I, you look, I'm on. on I do utilise all the social sort of media platforms and what have you, to varying degrees of, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> success or not. Um, but you know, I have a presence out there. But um, you know, and and people can email me, like I, mm. or call me. You know, just get in touch and let me know. I'd be, I'd love to, you know, have conversations with people about. What, what they're up to and, you know, the work that I do and where I might be able to add value in some way.
0: Mm, great, and we'll post links in the show notes to all of that. And and also you do have your own podcast as well, right? We
2: were talking about that oh, when yes. started recording. Yes,
1: yeah, Maverick Minds Podcast, and it's called Maverick Minds Musings. But um, there, there's only a few of them at the moment. And, you know, I'm not like you, Jürgen, uh-huh. I do not have that number of podcasts available and, and it's part of what I do. Um, and they are enjoyable, um, but podcast number six is about the value of play. Hmm. So given, you know, we've been sort of talking about play, but the, the 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 general theme for the podcast is about unearthing creative gems. So I'm not really interviewing people at the moment. I'm just kind of looking around and gathering. I'm doing that hmm. kind of gathering and exploring and then having a few ideas to just sort of put back out there. So they're, they're fairly sort of short, 15 to 20-minute sort of podcasts around what I think is sort of interesting ideas and what people are up to.
0: Great. And so episode six is the value of play.
1: Value of play.
2: Mm, Great.
0: All right. Do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Catherine, as we wrap it up?
1: To value your creativity and to value other people's creativity, no matter how big or how small, is to recognise that as humans that we have this intrinsic quality and it may not always be really obvious, um, and we may not see it in that way, but I think it's playing out for each of us every single day. And when we feel a bit stale, uh, what can we do to to spark that? You know, find things that can help you kind of move away from the feeling stale about things or that being a, the habitual creature and find places and spaces and people that can help spark just a, a, a different way of thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Great advice. And yeah, we talked about making space and allowing the mind to quieten down to spark that creativity. So that's certainly consistent with that.
1: I do think meditation within the context of that. Mm. I think meditation, you know, that mindfulness space, meditation, whether it's sitting on your cushion or, you know, just being out there and just allowing yourself to be absorbed with what's around you, I think is a really powerful way of tapping into that too.
0: Mm. Fantastic. All right, and who else should we get on this show and why?
1: Well, uh we had this little conversation at the beginning and given we're you know, we've been talking about creativity, I'm going to suggest Paulina laroca um, and um, I can pass you on her details. But she is also in the space of creativity and starting to do her doctorate and looking at some different things around creativity and resilience. I'm gonna be interested to find out where she goes with this and I'll travel the course with her a little bit and have some conversations with her too. So, um, yeah, I think she'd be a good person for your show. All
0: right. Well, we'll get an introduction to Paulina from you and reach out to her to begin that conversation. Fantastic. Thanks again so much for sharing your time and your insights with us again, Catherine. I've really enjoyed having you back on the podcast and I I enjoyed reading the book. I have, people can't see this, but I have lots of post-it notes in there mark various pages that I'm going to go back and revisit it. at various times and it's certainly it's a it's a book where you can go back to different sections um and, and take some action simply oh yeah or um,
1: absolutely generate, one of the yeah. things that I will encourage people to do if they get a copy is that you can keep going back to it it's not something like yes you might read really, because it's not a heavy academic read mm. But it's full of ideas, so I'd encourage people to, you know, dip in and out of it. But Jürgen, we could take a little photo if you wanted to, um, of us both holding our little books and see. There's my little nature page as well. Oh,
0: beautiful! All right. So we're going to do that. Beautiful.
1: We can post that.
0: Thanks for that, and. All the best for the future, Catherine, and let's stay in touch.
1: Oh, definitely, Jürgen. Um, I um, would love to. And your, you know, your podcasts are fabulous, and you, you know, you do some great interviews. So, um, well done to you, and um, you're a star. I look forward to further conversations.
2: Thanks.
0: Well, that was another wonderfully inspiring and thought-provoking conversation with Catherine. I always enjoy my conversations with her. I hope you enjoyed that really insightful conversation and took something away from Catherine's episode. There's so much in this episode to reflect on. For me, some of the highlights were consistent small actions. They can also be creative. And being really clear about your own values and the power of reflection. And curiosity. I'd love to know what you took away from Catherine's episode. Tell me in the comments below the blog post. You can find that at innovabiz.co forward slash seriously playful creativity. That is s-e-r-i-o-s-l-y-p-l-a-f-u-l-c-r-e-a-t-i-v-i-t-y. That's all lowercase, it's all together as one word in overbiz.co forward slash seriously playful creativity. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Catherine, as well as links to her Maverick Minds website, to the book Seriously Playful Creativity, to Catherine's social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Catherine suggested that we have a conversation with author, creativity and change leadership expert Paulina Laroca on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Paulina, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Dr. Catherine Lloyd. I'd love you to leave a review on this episode because that helps us make the podcast better for you. It helps us understand why you listen, and what you like most about the podcast. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred review platform. And of course, you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including LinkedIn expert Ellen Melko-Moore and John Horn, the CEO of The Stub Group. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innovabiz. Remember... Be awesome and keep innovating.